Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. I'm David and I'm here with Pastor Merritt. Today we will be on Lesson 7 of Daniel in the outline. But before we begin, as is our custom, let us remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Father, we're grateful for the privilege of being able to name our sin back to you and use 1 John 1, 9 and thus be capable of being taught, which is uh, the most important thing we as Christians can do other than faith alone in Christ alone. So I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are on Lesson 7, and if you're following along in the outline, I'll be about three-quarters of the way down the page uh, to start, because beyond that or above that, we really covered last week. So I'll be starting with Daniel 1.8. But Daniel, from the Bible doctrine, stored in his right lobe, decided he should not defile himself by eating at the palace dining hall. Daniel was certain that the food and libation had not been prepared in accordance with the dietary rules proscribed in the Mosaic Law. Therefore, he asked Alphanes if he might be excused from attending. Point two, Daniel was faced with a matter of application. He was faced with a choice to either believe the doctrine in his left lobe or reject it. The doctrine in his left lobe had been made percipious by God, the Holy Spirit, and now he was faced with the question, do I accept it or reject it? He could either transfer the gnosis by faith to the right where it would become epignosis, or he could refuse to accept God's word as truth and run the risk of losing it. So if you're following along in the outline, we have a chart there. Uh, And if you're not, it's a very explicative chart. I encourage you to reference back to the outline, and that's uh, page two of Daniel Lesson 7. Pastor Merrick. Okay, definition, GAP, acronym GAP, is an acrostic coined by Colonel R.B. Themed to describe God's system for learning doctrine. GAP stands for Grace Apparatus for Perception. According to the scripture, there is a distinction between human IQ and spiritual IQ. Human IQ is a number used to express intelligence. It is determined by dividing the mental age, as reported on a standardized test, by the chronological age, and then the result is usually multiplied by 100. Thus, a human IQ of 100 is considered, quote, 
normal, close quote. Human IQ varies significantly between individuals. Human IQ does not always mean success. The highest IQ in the U.S. is held by a man who made $6,000 last year as a bouncer in a bar. His IQ is 195. Because of the various, or variations better said, in human IQ, it was incumbent on God to develop an alternative mechanism for getting Bible doctrine from the printed page into the mind of positive believers. God, being fair and, of course, sovereign, devised a system of equality for believers by which every believer, regardless of human IQ, could gain equal access to the Word of God, Bible doctrine. God developed a grace mechanism, which we will call a spiritual IQ. Spiritual IQ is totally based on grace and is solely a result of positive volition. That is to say, when a believer wants Bible doctrine, God provides the mechanism. And we've got another chart in our lesson, which you're welcome to look at, where it shows doctrine coming into the soul and being cycled where it becomes useful. And we like to call that usefulness epinosis. The exclusion of human IQ from the spiritual learning process is taught in such passages as John 14.26 John 16:13 1 Corinthians 1:19 through 20 and Ephesians 3:16 through 18 I shall read a series of passages the addresses of which I've just listed Let's look at John 14:26 David first but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you, remind you of everything I have said to you. And then in John sixteen thirteen, But when he, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will teach only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. 1 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20 For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? 
Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Ephesians 3, 16, 17, and 18. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through and by means of his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. All right, David, take us up further on to, into the meat of this doctrine. Spiritual growth can only come from doctrine academically understood and then believed. As we have seen, the grace apparatus for perception relies on the active role of God, the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is forever. John fourteen sixty, And I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. John fourteen seventeen. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be our teacher after he departed. And then John 14, 25 and 6. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus prophesied that the Holy Spirit would teach what he hears. John sixteen thirteen. He will not speak on his own. He will teach categorically only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. In the soul, there is a process for receptive comprehension of doctrine involving a nos. Which is the KJ, which in the KJV is translated mind, and the cardia, which is the KJV, is translated heart. The soul possesses a mentality, and since the brain has two spheres, we will assume for teaching purposes that so also is the soul divided into two lobes. The Bible certainly speaks of a believer having a mind where knowledge resides and a heart where full knowledge resides. The nos is designed to assimilate objective information. This is information academically understood. God has provided a great way for getting doctrine from the nos to the cardia. The believer need only bring to the table, firstly, a simple act of positive volition to transport himself to a place where doctrine is taught. And secondly, 
after Bible doctrine has been made clear by God, the Holy Spirit, it being academically understood in the Gnos, then the believer must by faith believe that which the Holy Spirit has made clear. There is at that time a grace transfer from the Gnos to the Cardia, where Epinosis doctrine will produce divine good. Educators would call this phenomena receptive comprehension. As earlier stated, God has found it, excuse me, has found a way, a mechanism solely based on his grace whereby receptive comprehension can be attained by any believer regardless of human IQ. Unbelievers and loser believers cannot, however, understand doctrine. And we have another chart that shows the process, how unbelievers cannot understand because there are also, by the way, loser believers who cannot understand. And you can see them working on the chart on page five of our lesson plan. David, it's very interesting how the chart makes clear that as believers, we show up when Bible doctrine is taught. And we name our sin back to God, and then uh, we determine who's going to rule our soul. In other words, who's going to uh, make clear what we have presented to us. Uh, and that's why we have a chart for the unbeliever and a chart for the loser believer. Notice how similar they are. Neither one's going to get any Bible doctrine because you got to have the Holy Spirit to explain. And uh, a loser believer just refuses to name his or her sin to God. And that's why we use 1 John 1, 9, because it opens up the doorway to take doctrine from the left lobe into the right lobe and in the right lobe, it can be used uh, in various applications that we as Christians face. So as you're talking today, and before we start every lesson that we do, we're talking about, we talk about naming our sins back, okay? And for some of our listeners out there, and I'm assuming we have some that are new believers or may still not have come on board yet. They can't confuse with naming your sins back to you're never going to do that again because you are. Right. But every time you're ready to take in some Bible doctrine, you name them back and you open that pathway back up. Isn't that correct? And who's responsible for making sure we understand that's a sin? God, the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift of God, and it's guaranteed that when we sin, we're going to know about it when we're positive. If we're not positive, 
I don't think God the Holy Spirit's going to waste time on you. Mm -mm. But uh, uh, so it's, who's going to rule your soul? Is the old sin nature going to rule your soul? And thus you're a loser believer? Or uh, you're going to become a positive believer and grow your soul into a position that God would have it to be? Well, that was a great explanation. Thank you. We are enjoying the presentation of Daniel. We look forward to doing a number of these uh, with you out there. Uh, Pastor Merritt, as you heard today, every week he sounds a little better getting healthier and healthier. And we are very thankful for that. We appreciate your prayers for him. Thank you, David. You're very welcome. Uh, until next time, okay, anyone out there, Without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, please, please, please believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Pastor Merrick, could you close us? Thank you, Father, for the privilege of giving us an opportunity to, well, first of all, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And after that, now we've got an opportunity to take in the Word of God and grow in grace and the mechanism for growing, to, of course, is what we might see, say is a very simple. Simply go where Bible doctrine is taught. Listen. Having named your sin to God, the Holy Spirit will make it clear to you. And uh, then you grow your soul, so to speak. And that's it. I mean, that is grace personified. G-R-A-C-E. God really always causes everything. I like that acronym. Mm -hmm. G-R-A-C-E. So, uh, we just need to be more thankful each and every day that God has provided so much grace to us. Grace, grace, grace. All that God is free to do for you and for me on the basis of the cross. It was all paid for. And he's willing and waiting. Willing and waiting. All right, David. All right, folks, until next time. So long.